This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. And welcome into a Monday edition of Spits and Suds. I'm Gavin Spittle, joined by EP Ringside and Shapshot Sean Shapiro on another edition of Spits and Suds. And yesterday was impressive, Mr. Shapiro, against a solid, probably disappointing Florida team. And we start today's discussion with the fact that the NHL decides to schedule this game approximately first face-off at 45 minutes prior to the Dallas Cowboys, a meaningful game by the Cowboys. And when I watched the game, all I kept thinking of was the passive Stars fan. And what I mean by that is this is a city that loves to jump on the shoulders of teams playing well and teams that are going to make the playoffs. And to me, yesterday's performance by the locals was could have been a great promotion for the second half of the season for the Dallas Stars, only to be outdone. And uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on that. Why the NHL would schedule like you know a game like that, and if it was a day situation, couldn't they just push the game earlier to a noon uh, puck drop? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 there's one one factor, and I will at least in the initial present the slight defense to the stars in the NHL was the fact of the Cowboys game from my understanding, right, was flexed to that time, right? Like going into the last week, it's always kind of like, so the timing was always going to be slightly odd either way. But that being said, the NHL and teams in, and you have two teams who live in that, in that realm where both Florida and Dallas are two teams where, and even though the stars are a much, are a better attended team than Florida, but the stars also live in that realm where if you look at the split in NHL attendance between the end of the NFL season and uh, but basically the NFL season is split. You look, you see an attendance spike across the league in Sunbelt teams in Florida. You see it in Dallas. You see it, you see it pretty much everywhere where there's, it's not a quote unquote traditional hockey market. And for two teams that are playing and you need to grow the casual fan base and you need to get more than just the diehards because of just the pure economics and numbers for them to be playing at 3.30 on an NFL Sunday in the first place was just ridiculous. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not like it, it would be excusable. It would be excusable if we're talking about like the Boston Bruins or the Toronto Maple Leafs in town or like some team where you're like, okay, we still not like the visiting team at least would still be have attention 
would still be the center of attention. But no, we're talking about another Sunbelt team. And I know the NHL schedule is can be difficult to to figure out sometimes. And I know there's different things that have to be juggled here and there and everything like that. But it's just it's a shame that between the Cowboys game playing between TCU getting ready for a national championship game tonight, between the Mavericks playing. And from my understanding, the Mavericks also got kind of got scheduled jobbed this weekend too, on other elements yep. uh, where it's like basically what turned into a really good stars game or really the type of game where you want people to, to use as a showcase it got buried completely. I mean, I would imagine if you went to go pick up the, um, if, if if you went to go look at traditional coverage of sports in DFW, I don't know how far you would have to sift to find yeah. the talk of, of, Hey, the stars beat the Panthers five one. And by the way, Jason Robertson, the 2017 draft class did it again. Like it's, it's, it's just a shame. And yep, I know you could have had, there, I just feel like I'm in today's day and age, I feel like there's the flex you, you need to be able to start to be able to find some of that flexibility. Um, I don't like when the, like, I didn't like when the NHL, um, I didn't like when the NHL played the winter classic on January 2nd, but I, 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 I didn't like when the, when the NHL conceded that to the NFL, I think a big events, I still think you put the full power of your league and you're like, Hey, you know what? We're still going to do it. But in this case, when you're talking about a regionally televised game, a regular season game between two teams from your Sunbelt, I think you gotta be, you gotta be able to play the lay of the land a little bit better. I think you've got to find some flexibility and with techno technology today, every single, you know, every single fan who has bought a ticket, all tickets are digital, everything like that. You could have easily, yep, could have easily made it made it well known about the chime change, and and even if you would have had some some mix ups and crossovers and everything like that, you could have made sure you were ready to to handle that properly. I just, I it's it's a shame this game got lost because this was a good game. This yeah. was a this was a this was a strong stars performance against a Florida team, as you said, that is that is not really hitting where that needs to where it needs to be or supposed to be right now, but it's. It's, it's this, yeah, Jake. Yeah. This, we hit it on the head. You hit it on the head right there off the top. Yeah. I I think the other thing too we're not thinking about is, uh, you know, also buried as far as Miami's concerned too, because the dolphins were playing. Yeah. hundred percent. And it's, it's a game where the stars stars went and won, and at the exact 41 games played exact halfway point of the season. And they're on top of the central. They're they're on top of the central. They're right there with Vegas. Vegas has played one more game, has one more win. So you can literally catch Vegas and points and points percentage the next game you play. You've got a good team. You have, and in order to have success as a franchise in this market, you know as well as anyone, Gavin. To have success out to have to, to grab the fans' attention, you have to realize that your fan base, and, and we're not talking to the people listening to this podcast. I want to be clear on that right now. I Absolutely. know all of you, I know all of the people listening to this podcast watch the stars game. I know if you're listening to this podcast, we love you and we want you to keep telling your friends, keep helping us grow this. 
but you need you need the stars to get the rah rah enthusiastic help from the people who are your Cowboys diehard friends, you know, or not even your diehard, but just, yep. just your casual sports fans. And so this is not, this is not a complaint. And I realize if you're listening to this, you probably watch the stars game and you're thinking, why are they droning on about this? But you know what, as a, you want it to be more than merrier. You want to be more readily available for the casual. You, you, you want to not be, Oh, that team that also played randomly. You want to go out of your way to make sure that you are gaining attention because this team deserves attention. And right now, frankly, it's not getting enough attention in the Metroplex just because of a, a myriad of factors that it could be, it could be getting more attention. And I, I think it's going to be something where um, everyone who's listening to this, you're all going to realize there's all these people are going to kind of in about three months, you're going to get a bunch of people jumping on the bandwagon. You're going to think, where were you guys three months ago? It's been fun for the whole time because it's yeah. been a fun season. Well, one of the things that we try to do on this podcast, Sean, is grow the great game here in North Texas. And I tell stars fans like, you know, if someone's confused at a game, don't look at them like, you know, oh man, that person doesn't know anything. Help them out. Because the reality is, is this is still even though been around for a while, it's still a newer market. And you talk to anyone that ever goes to a hockey game live, they'll get hooked. And that's one of the coolest things about in-person. To me, it's the best game to watch because the speed is so much faster than on television. So, you know, this was just an example where I agree with you, Sean. This was a perfect example. I mean, you have a superstar in the making in Jason Robertson who scores two wonderful goals, especially yeah. that first one, top shelf. I don't know how he lifted that. Um, so, you know, you look at that, and I, I just look at the performance of the club, and yeah, I mean, I think we both agree. It was it was a little, little uh, you know, disappointing because, you know, you could see some seats that were empty, and, um, you know, people might have made the choice, like, hey, I'm going to watch the Cowboys or anything like that. Now, I will say the flip side, Stars have done a great job in the barn this year. They've been loud. They've been active. They've been filling the house. So that's uh, that's also super cool. So a 5-1 to one victory, and I wanted to get your thoughts. Um, usually when you score five goals, kind of lost in the shuffle. But once again, I'll start, Sean, with the Jake Ottinger performance. A lot of key saves early. Um, I don't think the Stars were necessarily, I don't want to use the word sluggish, but you know, I, I think it took a while for them to to get going, and Jake made some key saves uh, early. I absolutely loved the pad save right up against where there were three scoring chances, and he just held that pad strong. Um, and, you know, I, I look at his stats right now, 922 save percentage, 2.34 goals against, and that just continues to um, keep dipping in the right direction. So I thought that was really cool. Give me your overall thoughts on yesterday's performance. Yeah, I mean the as I said off the top there, the once again, I think actually uh oh, third star was Essa. But the the three the I was about to say I thought Miro may have been the third star, so all three stars would have been the twenty seventeen draft class. But uh I thought as a bit of a goalie nerd, I liked seeing it was fun to watch Ottinger versus uh versus Spencer Knight because you're talking about kind of the young future of yeah. goaltending in the United States and you're talking about two guys that were first round picks uh Jake in 2017 Spencer Knight in 2019 um I enjoyed that I thought um just kind of it was one of those games where you win five to one 
and you did, but I thought the stars did a lot of like I'll use the word territorial dominance on this. Mm-hmm. Where there's 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 little things that they did. Um, they they there's little things they did where even though Ottinger had to make what was it 27 saves, um, I thought there was little things they did where they just kind of Florida has some firepower. The way they limited the shot location, the way they did block some shots, the way they 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 did kind of break down the Panthers flow. Like I thought it was such a good disruptive game where even though the five, the five, one score line at the end felt like a blowout. It wasn't a game where you're like, Oh, they like, they were always going to win five, one, but you always felt like they were going to win. Like I like, even if, even when they were going into the third period up three, one, you still felt good. Like they were going to win. And, and, and I don't know if that is a, it's, I think it's a combination of things. I don't know if, I don't, I don't know what, what if it's more of a testament to the attitude of this team, because like it used to be like the stars would be up three to one going to the third period and you start to get a little bit nervous. You'd be like, Oh no, Oh no. What are they going to do? Like, I, I think now, I think it's just kind of a testament to halfway through this season, 41 game mark under Pete DeBoer, this team has proven they can handle the pressure of having a lead. And I think that's something that as silly as it sounds, that's something that past stars teams haven't past stars teams and coaching staffs didn't handle well. And I think now they're handling it well. So um, good, good win, good way to kind of hit that five, hit that 50% mark of the season. And uh, I, it's hard to obviously for all the good things, obviously the one thing that just comes out of concern and we're still waiting for an update is obviously Rope Hintz leaves yep. the game with an injury and Rope had uh, the game or two games before I got to remember exactly. He also left for a little bit, but came back and um, just the way he, that's, that's the one concern coming out of this is what's the long-term prognosis on Rope Hintz. Um, is it, is this something where it's just kind of uh, nicked up and he'll be back soon? Is it something a little bit longer um, I think as long, I think even if Hintz is to miss a couple games, I don't think it changes the long-term trajectory of this team at all. It's just, you just hope it's something that it's not something long-term because he's been playing so great. He's been playing so well. And it's just been so fun to see, to actually have a line that has been, to actually have a line, like we talked about it, that was it weeks ago now? I don't know. We talked about when there was the best lines in hockey. Yeah. I actually have a line that, Talk about one of the best lines in hockey. Like it's, it's, you hope that he's back soon um, and he's able to play on this road trip just because that's the one negative out of all of this. Well, what I love about that line too is I don't, I mean, sometimes you can get hockey lines where you say, well, that person's doing so well because they're on the same line as fill in the blank. And yes, yeah, exactly. I mean, I think you could say that about all three. You know, because I mean, I think I think they all bring something to the table, and that's what's so fascinating about the Pavelski, Robertson, and Hints line. So, uh, yeah, fingers uh, certainly crossed on that. I also wanted to ask you about the travel situation. I mean, playing in L.A., then playing in Anaheim, you're back for a game after a couple practice, and then you're back now on the East Coast. I just thought that was, boy, that that's pretty fascinating. That's a lot of miles covered in about a week span. It's it's the nature of playing for the Dallas Stars, though. 
um, every single year the mileage comes out for like miles traveled and everything like that. And they, the stars are always up top for most miles traveled in a season, just by being, by not really having a natural, like the closest trip is, is it Nashville? I'm trying to think of what the the shortest flight is. I think it would be Nashville. Nashville. Yeah. 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 But like, you don't have any short flights. It's one of the reasons that like, I've I've spoken to Jim Neal about this before a couple of times. It's one of the reasons that, um, you have to, uh, you have to give more, more thought to a backup goalie that can play Jim, Jim and I have talked about this before. He's like, Hey, you have to think about having a backup goalie you can play because as much as, uh, as much uh, goalie playing in the Eastern conference is able to be a starter and conserve energy more like, um, and obviously Andre Vasilevsky is a freak of nature already, but Andre Vasilevsky, the point I was once pointed out to me that Andre Vasilevsky is probably be able to even more of a freak of nature because he plays in the East and he doesn't have, he doesn't have the long trips literally within his own conference. And that's something that's just the nature of, of Dallas. And that's something where like when I was handling the stars, um, the one good thing about NHL about being NHL teams is at least you're flying on a pretty, uh, on a pretty, pretty nice flight. Yep. And, uh, and it's uh, and then they take care of you pretty well. So at least you have that. But it's one of the natures of as as a Dallas star, you learn that you are going to have some long travel. And on top of that, and unless it's changed, I'll have to double check and send a text to double check this. But like the stars for the longest time had a team plane that didn't have Wi-Fi. So a lot of card games. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, I wanted to get back to Ottinger for a second because I I meant to ask you on today's pod Mm -hmm. about that three save in a row where the stick and the puck is clanging against the pad. How hard is it as a goalie when you're, when your pads out like that to, to, is it, is it the way they make pads nowadays that it's easier or is it just, is it a lot of leg strength that holds that pad? Because, you know, a lot of times that pad, if it just moved a little bit, that would have been a goal. Yeah. I, I think it's one of the most difficult parts in that moment as a, from a goaltending perspective is the overreaction to the action, I think is I'll put it that way. Um, Cause it's, it's not a physically difficult thing to do. It's not. Um, uh, and especially for an NHL goalie, there's, there's, there's strength and pads now are built where it's, but a lot of times in that space, a goalie can have putting too much action in and therefore opens up another hole. And I think the patience there to, 
to not overly try to reach, to not overly try to change something is where that save gets more and more impressive. Um, Because reality is the minute someone starts trying to push you into the net or something like that's the minute someone gets put in a headlock and it turns into a whole whole other ordeal. So just, I, I personally, I like Jake's poise in that spot. It's just, he's, we're seeing so much out of him in that regard when it comes to that poise and that kind of controlling of a situation. Um, that's why when I watch him play, I get so much, so excited seeing where he's going to be, where he's going to keep going and why like you look and you're like, Hey, the, the stars have a guy who, could be in the Vesna conversation in a year or two. We, we talked about it before. Like he's not going to be in it this year because of the nature of how the voting happens, but in general will be in the conversation for officially being the best goalie in the league soon. And that poise is so fun for me. Also wanted to ask you about the fourth line. And mm-hmm. I mean, we're nitpicking because the stars are playing so well, yep. but, but at the same time, Fox, uh, Glenn Denning, and then, you know, pick your poison who the third person on that line is. Um, other teams, you know, especially as they ramp up for the playoffs, you know, I mean, I remember when Bruins played St. Louis and it was awesome to see as much firepower. A lot of the analysts were saying this is going to come down to the third and fourth line, um, these these players on both these teams. And I do have a little concern that that fourth line just hasn't, I don't, I'm not expecting the offense of the top three lines but I am expecting some offense and some offensive pressure, um, you know, occasionally. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, I feel bad for Roddick. I feel bad for Roddick because he just feels like he becomes such a, uh, not just us in general, it just becomes such yeah. a kind of just, he gets beaten up for, but a lot of it comes down to the nature of that contract. It's and the like, contract. Absolutely. It's Sean. the, it's the contract. It's the contract. And it's the whole, honestly, if he wasn't a first round pick as well, yep. it would also be the whole thing. I mean, I don't mind the thing about it. And it, it all comes down to that. It's like, I, I, I like what Luke Glendening is. I think Luke Glendening is a wonderful fourth line winger who can win faceoffs when you need them and does a little bit of that. I think Kivy Rond is a really good spot like that as well. Like it really comes down to they're missing the fourth line center who can do a little bit of that. And I don't want to like, I know you weren't trying to team me up to go. No, after I really but, wasn't because yeah, I mean, I, I listen, yeah, yeah, I, you yeah. know, I mentioned him. So I've yeah, really yeah, tried yeah. to not mention him as much. Yeah. But it's like, I would, they're just missing that fourth line center who can be the guy who's like, hey, yep, I've got two really smart defensive wingers, guys you need, and I can occasionally, I can, I can create a chance here and there. And they just, they don't have it. And it's, I think the good thing about it, and they come in, the good thing about it is unlike previous iterations of the coaching staff, they're not forcing that line, the Fox line to play when it's a one, one game in the third period. I think I like, obviously they're out there when it's, and I think, I think the best solution has been this coaching staff is at least not overly, uh, overly focusing on, we must feel the defensive line because this point in the game and it's, they're allowing the minute the minute usage to be a little bit more, fourth line traditional as opposed to past usage um i'd like to see 
I don't know. I just, I, I wonder what would happen. Um, I, I wondered, I wonder to see how things will kind of shake up as they move things around. Cause like with hints coming out, I wonder to see um, where, I wonder if that's the opening where Garyanov ends up back in the lineup. Mm-hmm. Is he going to, um, and maybe, maybe that's the space, maybe, maybe putting Garyanov in that role. Maybe, maybe that's your solution. Maybe your solution is, Hey, let's put Garyanov in on the fourth line try and teach him a little bit of defensive discipline, but also tell him he can be, he can be the bit of the lone, the lone offensive wolf on that line. And maybe that's a, maybe that's a, maybe that's a tool in the toolbox you try with Garadonov. I don't know, but yeah. It's, and it's, I was going to ask maybe, you maybe, yeah, yeah. With, with the, yeah. with the trade deadline coming up and it is fast approaching. Um, mm-hmm. Is that maybe if you were, if Sean Shapiro was to say, what do the stars do? Is that maybe a, kind of an area that you look some fourth line depth help um where you I don't think, have to give up a ton yeah i mean i i look at uh i mean we've we've talked about him before i think i really would like the idea of uh, we've talked about gusev nyquist i i really like nyquist as a something i would look at um i think you're at a spot where with how the stars have kind of with how they're built. And I think Frederick Olison has, has played in well and everything yeah, like yes. that. I, 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 I would like to see Frederick. I would like to see someone. I really like the stars lineup. If I'm telling you, Hey, game one of the playoffs, it's Robertson, Hintz, Pavelski, Nyquist, Delandria, Sagan, Ben Johnston, Marchment, and, Kivy Ranta, Foxa, Olofsson, or Glendening. I really like that lineup all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. I really like, I really like bringing in. That's kind of the piece for me because I don't, I think you have the pieces. You have too many, you, you don't, I think you have to, oh, I think, I think what you pay for Nyquist when it comes to asset acquisition, I think is worth it. And I don't want to overpay for a fourth line piece. And I think you always end up overpaying for fourth liners at the deadline. I thought Colin Miller and uh, Miro had a really nice pairing yesterday as well. I like that pairing a lot. I like I the too. way I like I like the way Miller understands his role, and I like the way he reads off Miro because I think um, it's the whole thing where it's like sometimes you'll be like, like uh, people will be like, oh, well, you play with a great player, like it's easy to play. That's not always the case. People have to. Um, it's not always easy to play with a great player because sometimes you can hold back a great player and Colin Miller doesn't do that. And it's, I, I think he allows Miro to be even more Miro E. Wow. That's a, that's a word. We'll start using. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Like, I like it. Like, yeah. So <laughs> I, I like it. I, you know, when we were talking with Brian Ray of Bally sports Southwest last week, we were kind of talking about how cap friendly the website has made us all like, you know, kind of armchair GMs now that the salaries are just so out in the open. And for, so, you know, I want to be fair to Jim Nill for as much as we mentioned the uh, contract of Radic Foxa this year and next year for Colin Miller, 1.85 million. That's, that's been a really, really nice signing by them. It was kind of a fly under the radar when it signed. We, I, I did, I was like, okay, that's quality depth, but, uh, yeah, watching him day in and day out, just it's been really nice. Yeah, he's been a great. It's been it's been a great signing. It's allowed 
some it's 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 helped smooth over some other things as well um and it's like those are the type of moves that open up the space for you to be even have this conversation for hey can you go get a nyquist can you yeah. get a top six guy because you don't have to go because you don't have to worry about finding a partner for Miro, which going into this season, honestly, I wondered if they'd have to trade for someone who could play with Miro, but Colin Miller has clearly fixed that problem that I thought may, might, might, might show up. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Okay, you're listening to Spits and Suds. I'm Gavin Spittle. He's Sean Shapiro. A couple things before we leave you today. If you're comparing goalies in the Central Division for all-star voting and Stars fans, GameZone.NHL.com or just go to NHL.com and you can vote there. Jake Ottinger, as I mentioned, 2.34 goals against average, 922 save percentage, 18 wins. Connor Hallibuck, Winnipeg Jets, only one of these goalies is going to make the all-star team. 2.30 goals against, 928 save percentage, 20 wins. Uh, to me, I mean, I two smaller NHL markets, Sean, so probably won't create enough noise to uh, change it. Like, I love your idea as far as adding players. I think they should do that in the future, but it, it's fascinating to watch. And I know it's a fan vote, but, man, these guys are neck and neck, and they're so good. Yeah, and at the end of the day, it's going to be, like we talked about kind of the casual, like, observer and everything like that and i love stars fans and i know they're going to do their part to vote for jake and everything like that but at the end of the day connor hellebuck getting voted into the all-star game is going to be on the front page of the newspaper it's going to be the front page of the sports talk radio stations it's going to be something that everyone in winnipeg is talking about they don't have to worry about the dallas cowboys taking away the thunder and it's it's one of those things where at the end of the day I, I hope I'm wrong because Andrew's been great, but it's 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 hard to it's when you even with a smaller market, you have a hockey mad market where the Jets are the biggest thing in town and they are going to mobile. I bet they will mobilize for Connor Hellebuck. Also wanted to mention a great story on NHL.com today. Today, uh, sorry, back on January 7th about a procedure he had today. Pete Weber, the longtime voice of the Nashville Predators, um, having a brain procedure today. Amazing when you read this article about the advancement in surgical technology. It's a 90-minute procedure in which they insert a tube and basically run it, and they can actually not only monitor the tube, but adjust the tube as far as brain fluid. 
And what was happening was Pete Weber was struggling uh, and fell down a couple of times. And he always, he felt as though he was walking ahead um, and too fast. So it was causing him to stumble. And it's a long name. I don't want to dive into it, but I mean, mm-hmm. in this market we have, Sean, we have Brad Sham, we have Eric Nadell, and on the hockey side, Razor, you know, is an institution around here. So uh, best wishes. I know they're our rival, but, uh, you know, to me, one of the best. And I've had the chance to meet Pete. And, uh, I mean, just a terrific play-by-play guy and a true gentleman. He is a, he's a really great guy. Um, I actually met him through – I've met him a couple times, obviously, through the hockey world. But a um, good friend of mine who was a uh, kind of a mentor for me in this industry, in the journalism industry, was a guy who used to be Tigers beat writer named John Lowe. And John uh, John and Pete go way back and uh, introduced me to Pete a long time ago. And Pete's been nothing but – fantastic human and everything like that so best of luck to him and it'd be good to see him uh it'll be good to see him to hear him back on the call when uh when he when he's all cleared for that absolutely sir so on to the islanders and this is going to be a nice test for the stars uh the the isles are an are an interesting team they have some firepower they're very physical at times so should be a uh a nice one to watch uh tomorrow night yeah it's it's the team it, it's not the case anymore it used to be for a long time it was uh right like it used to be the the stars were the islanders west right that that was kind of the case when when rick bonus was coaching absolutely and not as much anymore but uh it's so it's kind of funny to see that these teams have always kind of they kind of played some odd games in the past so like it's it wouldn't be surprised if something odd happens um it's the islanders are what's the right word here The, the like they are a team that's kind of with how good the East is, they've kind of gotten a little bit forgotten. Like, cause the, the East is so good right now. Right. Like they're a team that if they were in the West, we'd be talking way more about them. We'd be talking about them the way we talk about, like if the Islanders are in the Western conference, they would probably be the fourth or fifth best team right now, but because they're in the East, they're on the outside looking in right now. So this is a much better team than you probably think. Um, it's a veteran team. It's can be an annoying team to play against. Not the most aesthetically pleasing team the way it plays, which I think is a great test for Dallas because we've seen how a team like Winnipeg has stifled the Stars a couple times this year. And winning games against the Islanders, playing a team against the Islanders is a great test and a great way to uh, establish your style and set the right way to play for when you inevitably will maybe have to play Winnipeg in the playoffs. Yeah, the uh, Islanders currently have 46 points. So playing good hockey right now. So it'll be fun. Yeah. And I totally agree with you. Um, the East is a beast. And it'll be, oh, yeah. you know, it, and I'm, I'm so fascinated since so many of those teams are clustered together. I think the NHL trade deadline is going to be fascinating this year. I can't wait for that podcast. I mean, that's a whole podcast in itself as far as the moves that are going to come down. It's going to be interesting too, because there's so many buyers, right? Like there's yes. so many, and, and there's such a, and there, there's also a divide too, right? Like there's such, there's a divide of, of where we know who the sellers are and they know who they are. Yeah. And so it's like, it's like this, just, there's this, 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 this giant staring contest. And I think we're going to see, if I had to like make like a bold prediction, like I, I wonder if like you're gonna see a team like a Florida or 
a Buffalo or a Detroit. Like, I think you look like kind of like the team in like that pack where like, I wonder if they see like, Hey, you know what? These prices are so good right now. Like for, for sellers, like maybe we have to move a piece, even though we're technically in that, like in it realm, maybe we have to move a piece because, and like, I wonder if that's going to be where our, our movement actually starts, where you get a team kind of in that middle, who's not bad and not necessarily a seller, but you're like, you know what? These it's, it's a seller's market right now. Let's, 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 let's try and get something for the future. Well, I mean, I was wondering, I wanted to ask you real quick about uh, Jacob Chikrin for mm-hmm. Arizona, very fair contract playing really well for them. Why wouldn't they keep him? Cause I mean, I understand the hall coming back will probably be mm-hmm. good. And I know they're rebuilding, but at the same time, I mean, at some point, you have to keep some of these players if you truly want to build. Yeah, I mean, he's only twenty. That's the thing. Like, he's only twenty. He's only twenty-four. Too. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's. I I think it's just it's I personally, if I was building any team, I would keep Chitrin uh, Chitrin yeah. around. Um, I think it just shows. I think it's frankly, it's a little bit more of a um admission of where the coyotes truly think their rebuild is at and yeah. i think that's kind of just a frustrating reality of it where i think as much as the the terminology and the hope may be to get something done and be competitive within 2 years i think they already see a guy who will be a ufa at the end of this contract he's got a kind of a no tra- modified no trade clause that kicks in the next 2 years from the Coyotes' perspective, you have more control now than you ever will, and you're just kind of worried about him wanting to stick around for the payoff of this plan. And I think the other thing about the NHL trade deadline that's fascinating is the the, the star power of names. Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, Bo Horvat. Um, there are mm-hmm. some big names that teams are going to you know, listen to offers. Even John Klingberg and, and Anaheim yep. as they dump some of their vets and and I was just thinking when you brought that up about buyers, I mean, you know, there are going to be some teams that you were like, oh, well, I didn't know they were in sell mode. Um, yeah. However, when you go down the list, you really have like a team like Buffalo, which is traditionally a seller. I would think they'd be on the buying side um, yeah. or they just might stay put because, you know, they think they're building, you know, and they don't want to give away prospects. But uh, I'm looking at Arizona. I'm looking at Anaheim, um, Ottawa, I guess. Um, would be in that category as well. Um, but I think, yeah, it's just, it's just Ottawa, fascinating. Ottawa, yeah. yeah. To me, the interesting one, I, I will be interested, very interested to see where John Klingberg ends up because I think the market for a right shot defenseman with offensive history, like honestly, if even, even with his numbers this year, um, if he had not, if, if I had just laid out who John Klingberg was, um, if, he didn't have his history with Dallas. You'd be like, oh, Dallas would be interested. And yes. I think, I, yeah, now Dallas won't be interested in that guy now this year because of who that history is. But like some team is going to go get John Klingberg. And I'm curious to see like revenge toward John Klingberg ended up in, I don't know, uh, 
It'd be, it'd be fun to see John Klingberg bag with Lindy Ruff in New Jersey, honestly. Like, I, I would love, like, I don't, <laughs> like, like, I'd, I'd, I'd have to look at the devil's cap space. I don't know, but like, I, it would be fun to yeah. see John, John and Lindy Ruff getting the band back together for, to, to play that style again in New Jersey. It sure would. It's going to, it's going to be super exciting. Uh, he's a beast. He's from EP Ringside and Shap Shots and, uh, follow him on Twitter as well at Sean Shapiro and be sure to, uh, do a search for D Magazine, Jason Robertson. Sean wrote a great piece on Jason that we highlighted on Friday. But if you haven't looked at it yet, uh, it's a terrific piece and it's worth the read. And so uh, support our guy, Sean Shapiro, in that facet. And we will talk to you later in the week, my friend. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. And uh, everyone, enjoy uh, your Monday. And if uh, I'll follow up with, uh, if you're a TCU fan, uh, good luck tonight. So. Yeah, absolutely. Go Frogs. And uh Enjoy tonight, and uh, luckily the Stars won't be competing against it tonight. Uh, so uh, you can watch the uh, Stars uh, at the Isles uh, tomorrow night. So that's going to do it for Spits and Suds. I'm Gavin Spittle. He's Sean Shapiro. Thanks so much for supporting us. Spread the word. There's a cool podcast multiple times a week, and it's called Spits and Suds right here on 105.3 The Fan.